Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, we got a couple of big stories this morning. Obviously, we've got Game 2 tonight. The Jazz and the Clippers play at 8 o'clock on ESPN. You'll hear it right here on The Zone Sports Network as well. Be a big deal for the Jazz to go up 2-0, halfway to win in the series. Obviously, the Clippers came back from 0-2 in the last series, so it's not over, but 2-0 feels a lot better than 1-1. Although, frankly, 1-1 wouldn't surprise me. I think the Clippers are good, and I think at some point the Jazz are going to have a bad game. At some point, the Clippers ought to play a great game. And that's a recipe for winning a couple games in this series, and that gets us to a six-game series. I don't think either team played great in Game 1. I think both teams looking at Game 1 saying, we can do better than that. But the good news for the Jazz is they get the win, and they're saying that. So, you know, a little advantage there, obviously. All right, what does Quinn Snyder think about all of this? He met with the media. Let's listen in as Quinn talks to the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Quinn, we see Donovan go and talk to Dwayne Wade on the sidelines in games. What types of things can he learn from a guy like Dwayne that, you know, compare or contrast to what he learns on, uh, on the other sideline? Well, l- let me first start. Um, you know, I-, I said when Dwayne, um, you know, was first announced that he had become one of the owners of the team, just how terrific I thought that was for our entire group. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've asked him and, you know, to weigh in on some things for me personally. Um, we've had a number of text exchanges. I try not to wear him out because he's, you know, he's a busy guy. Um, but it's been really great um, for me personally uh, to be able to use him, you know, as a resource. And I, I try not to over overburden him, but he's just been unbelievably receptive. And to have someone like that, um, and again, speaking for myself personally, that has the level of experience, um, the intelligence, the feel uh, that he has for the game and for particularly for the playoffs um, is a resource that I think is really unique. And so, you know, some of that conversation has evolved around, you know, defensive concepts. Some of it's evolved around Donovan. Um, so it, it's, I love it. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't ask for, you know, I, I don't ask a lot of questions about what they're talking about. I trust um, that we're all on the same page and, and there's probably things that Dwayne's capable of giving him, you know, that I'm not, um, which, you know, I think is a positive thing that, that he's getting that information from someone that, that truly cares about him and that Donovan really respects. So, um, you know, he, he's got great feel for that. You know, Donovan's got great feel for that. Um, so I, I, I think it's great. All right, Eric. Well, then Salt Lake Tribune's next. Quinn, we saw some moments from Joe where last night where there was, you know, maybe hesitation or, or indecision in terms of, you know, when to pull the trigger, when to make certain plays. Um, it, it seems to have been a little bit more of a, of a theme through these first you know, six playoff games this year. Is there anything at all that you're concerned about there? Is it, is it just him playing an unfamiliar role, you know, do, doing stuff he normally doesn't? Is there anything that, um, you know, is kind of key to getting locked as the playoffs go on? So I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the contrarian. Um, first, I don't think there's a role that is unfamiliar to Joe, um, which is part of his value to the team. Uh, he shot eight threes last night. So, 
clearly, you know, there isn't that much hesitation. And I would, I would argue. And when you watch the film, you know, I think he led us in assists again last night. How many assists did he have? Seven, six, seven. Um, so a lot of times for Joe, um, it's a question of him, you know, taking a shot, which, you know, it's hard for, for Joe in my mind to take a bad shot from three, um, because he's such an effective shooter, but he's also, you know, he's also capable of getting, getting in the lane and making a play for someone else. And, you know, in, in a lot of times, you know, getting the ball to our bigs, he's one of the best guys because of his size, um, you know, making people be indecisive in the lane. I think, you know, when you see him go down the lane and ball fake and then lay it in, um, you know, being able to score at the rim and the paint, um, particularly when people are playing small is, is a real asset and it's something he's, he's good at. So it's, it's, uh, it's always a little different, you know, when he is a primary ball handler, um, say for instance, when Mike and Donovan were both out. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think there's a lack of comfort or hesitancy. And I, I think, you know, maybe the best way to look at it in my mind is you see what he's done on defense, you know, and the first couple of possessions of the game, you know, how locked in he was. And when you go, you know, a long stretch, I think what we missed 20 some shots in a row, um, th there's a lot to be said for getting to the rim, you know, and, and we don't, you know, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, of an oxymoron that, that I can say, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. And then also say, let's get to the rim. Let's get to the foul line. But I think all those things can exist together. And I think Joe's one of the best guys in our team um, of making all those things happen, um, getting in the lane and getting someone an even better shot uh, in addition to taking his shot. So I've just, I've got so much confidence in Joe. I've, I've seen him for so long. Um, we're so connected and those are the conversations that we have and, and really for him more than anybody finding that, that balance. And, and I've used the, the analogy of a utility infielder, you know, he can come in, um, the ability to come in and switch positions. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of fastball he's got, but whether it's a pinch hit or a double play, or we put him on base to run, or he plays center field, there's just, there's a lot of things to balance for him. And I, I think he does as good a job as that as anyone in the league. There's a reason that he was, I think, right behind JC as the sixth man of the year. Um, and also, you know, was our starting point guard for the last month of the season. So it, it's, you know, we can, Joe does so many things that it's easy to analyze, you know, any one of those, you know, half a dozen things. Um, but I, I do understand the question. I, I think it's a valid one, but I, th I also think it's one that, you know, that he does a great job, you know, finding balance. In. And, and again, it, uh, you know, and I'll tell him this, if, if he shoots, if he's two for two, I'd rather have him be one for nine. Cause I think that's, you know, that impacts the game as much as anything. And that allows him to do other things. And he knows how I feel about that. All right. Ryan Miller, KSL.com. Hey, Quinn, um, especially after he missed last postseason, um, what's it been like to kind of just see the joy that Boyan's been playing with this playoffs? Yeah, it's been great. You know, he, he's Boyan's, there's so much competitive fire in him. I think there's some players, um, 
that care so much that, you know, it's hard for them sometimes to get to the next play because he's, he wants it so, so badly. And I think when you find that, that joy infused in your game, you really lose yourself in the game. And that's what I've seen. Um, I saw it defensively, you know, the other night and, you know, that's something that, that he's taken a lot of pride in. And, you know, we've had games where um, I love it when he shoots late, you know, it's almost like regardless of what the game has been like, you know, when we throw ahead to him, you know, and he's got a contested corner three with three minutes left in the game. I feel like that shot's going in and uh, it's with everything that he's been through this year. um, You know, basketball is something that, you know, he's played all over the world from a very young age and to have that taken from him, you know, even for a short period of time, relatively speaking, it just takes time to get, you know, to find that again and to find your feel um, you know, and find that kind of that place in your mind where you are more relaxed, the game slows down. And I think that's when you, you know, you really do have fun playing and that, that's what we're seeing. Rebecca Harlow, TNT. Hey coach, you know, with the way that you've empowered this team this season, do you breathe a little easier in moments like last night when Ty decides not to call a timeout and your guys are getting back on defense, you know, it's going to come down to one more stop. Do you breathe easier in those moments these days? Yeah, I, I, I do think, you know, those situations are always, you know, they're always ones you can second guess. Um, and, you know, that situation in particular you know, with, with, you know, do you foul? Do you not foul? Oftentimes, you know, we'll look to foul um, when someone's back is to the basket. Um, It's hard. um, If someone rises up and hits a three and you haven't fouled it, it, all those things are that that's such a part of coaching. Um, But to your point, you know, I, I think one of the best things that we did last night was we communicated and, you know, players that have played together, um, regardless of what the game plan is, I, I think it's great from a coaching standpoint to to feel guys be able, you know, to adjust to situations. And, and that's what, you know, I think we saw last night where we had multiple contests and guys were really conscious of, of trying not to give up, you know, a three and those multiple effort plays that I think require teams to be connected in order to do. Certainly the moment, you know, the moment helps. Um, there's more urgency. Um, but it's just, it's so hard to, um, I think that's part of our profession that you, you always, you know, look back and, you know, had they made a shot, I might've felt differently and said, we wish we fouled or, you know, who knows how those things go. But, but to your original point, you know, I do have a lot of confidence in our group and their ability to communicate and talk and sort things out. And sometimes it's better for me to get out of the way. And that's the best way I can coach them. Julie Jag, Salt Lake Tribune. Sorry, I had to get a little muted there. Um, hey, Coach, um, I was hoping that you could uh, give a little love to the play that Derek Favors has been, um, or the to Derek Favors play of late and especially in the playoffs and talk a little bit about whether you expect to see him have more minutes um, 
going forward, even if Rudy isn't in foul trouble? I don't think I can give like the amount of love I have for Fave is, is, is runs on a pretty deep level. And, um, for a lot of reasons, um, you know, I think it was five years ago that Doug Collins came and spoke to our team and he had something that was really interesting to say. Um, he was talking about knowing your role, uh, accepting your role and then starring in your role. And for Faith, his role can be really malleable. And as you mentioned, whether it be foul trouble, um, even if it's a short period of time, if it's a two or three minute window, um, the way that he's been able to impact the game has been tremendous. And, you know, it's a luxury to have a guy that is the level of player that he is that's also selfless enough um, to understand that oftentimes the game doesn't dictate, um, you know, him playing a certain amount of minutes, his minutes fluctuate. And sometimes there's, you know, you, you could look back um, or Fave could look back and say, wow, I was, I was playing great. Why did he take me out? And I'm sure there's part of him that feels that way. Everybody wants to play more. Um, but the, 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 the impact that he's had on the game has just been tremendous. And, you know, he's different than Rudy. Um, you know, there's times where Rudy, Rudy's unique and Fave's unique in his own way. And maybe the most unique thing about him um, is he's a guy that stars in his role. And I think that example that he sets for our entire group, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that he came back here, um, that he knew that regardless of, of what his minutes or his role looked like, during the regular season, then he's a guy that's going to be crucial to us, you know, if we're going to be able to have success in the playoffs. And um, I'm fortunate that, you know, we've had a relationship over a seven year period. That's, you know, I've been privileged to have that much time with him, um, you know, and, and our relationship is, is, is personal and it runs deep. And uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of the confidence that he has in me to make those decisions and to be supportive of them. All right, last question, Lawrence Murray, The Athletic. Hey, Quinn, you, you discussed Joe's ability to just keep shooting, keep being aggressive, but uh, defensively, I mean, without Mike Conley, it seemed like you were able to take advantage of the fact that you're starting game with, with Joe, with Boyan, with Royce on the wing and making Paul and Kawhi uncomfortable. It's not the first time that we've seen those guys be uh, uncomfortable against this Utah team. Do you feel like there's kind of an advantage to Mike not being on the floor, allowing you to play lineups that better allow you to better match up defensively uh, to defend the Clippers right now? Um, I, I don't think there's ever an advantage to not having Mike on the floor <laughs> because I think Mike's that good. Um, but I do think that um, it is a different look. Um, you know, th those guys are so hard to guard. Um, and whether it's Royce or Boyan or Joe, in this case, we're talking about, uh, I just want to see them compete. Um, they defend differently um, than Mike does. You know, Mike's able to press up on the floor and use his quickness and he'll play differently in pick and roll. Um, there may be more opportunities um, with Joe and Boyan, or I, I think, you know, you saw it last night with Royce and Boyan to, to switch certain actions, um, you know, but I, I think that depth 
is something, you know, that's, that's an asset for us and has been an asset for us all year long. And, you know, it is a little different look, um, but I'll, I'd love to have them both on the floor. Hopefully we'll be able to have that too. There's Quinn Snyder with the media. When we come back, Rudy Gobert talking with the media after picking up the third Defensive Player of the Year award of his career. The big man, next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Well, Rudy Gobert is the Defensive Player of the Year. Again, third time in his career. Had a conference call with the media last night. Let's listen in. Here's Rudy with the media. And at Kia, we believe the best defense is a smart, strong, and solid offense, which is why we're investing over $25 billion to deliver 11 all-new all-electric vehicles around the world during the next five years. And just as Kia is recognized a leader in performance and design, the Kia Performance Awards distinguish the NBA's highest achievers. So this evening is my honor to present Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz with the 2020-2021 Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award. Congratulations, Rudy, on being a three-time winner. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Rudy. I will now turn it over to Madeline to conduct the Q&A session. All right, thank you. Uh, please go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question for Rudy and we'll go ahead and get started. Our first question will come from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey Rudy, congratulations. Thanks, Will. Um, where, you, you have three Defense Player of the Year awards, you have two um, All-Stars. Where do you see your career going individually um, you know, as you head to into your prime and, and, and beyond going in the next year and the year after. And, you know, just where do you see yourself on a historical scale? You know, I'm just trying to enjoy the moment, uh, keep getting better every single day, every single year. And uh, and I, I want to win a championship. You know, I think that's for me, uh, you know, when, I'm, when I got drafted by the Jazz eight years ago, uh, I told myself that, you know, I, I wanted to try to do anything, anything I could to help this franchise, uh, you know, get his his first championship. And you know, it's been it's been a long journey, and I think right now it's really where my mind is. You know, it's it's, it's to do whatever I can, whatever I got to do to to try to achieve that. And uh, and from an individual standpoint, you know, it's just to keep getting better. Uh, you know, every single day, year after year, and uh, you know, and when it's time to to look at the resume, we look at the resume. But I'm really trying to, you know, just enjoy the moment and and keep getting better. Dana Green, ABC Four. Hey, Rudy, uh, congratulations! Uh, what what was that moment like in the locker room? We saw that. Uh, uh, Derek and the guys got to surprise you with it. Um, I don't know how much of a surprise it was for you, but what was that moment like? <laughs> it was amazing. You know, obviously, I, I knew something was fishy, but 
uh, you know, uh, just seeing how my teammates were, you know, uh, happy for me and, uh, you know, uh, it really made me happy. And, you know, sometimes when you get lost in the competition, you kind of, you know, you kind of tend to forget or, you know, how close we are as a group. And, you know, just uh, having all that energy around me and, and feeling how happy they were, excited they were, um, you know, it really, uh, it really touched me, to be honest. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, you're now one of just four players in NBA history to have won this award at least three times. Can you kind of put yourself in, you know, context with the likes of Dikembe Mutombo, with Ben Wallace, with Dwight Howard? Just what does it mean to you to now, you know, be mentioned alongside those names? I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, when I started basketball, when I was a, as a kid, you know, if somebody would have told me that I was going to be defensive player of the year, I would have never believed them. And let alone three times, um, you know, it's hard to put into words how, you know, the things you can achieve when you just uh, enjoy what you do, first of all. And when you, you have a group of people that believes in you and, and you put the work every single day, you know, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be in a situation when I have you know, uh, both those things and, and people that support me every day and, you know, and, and, and the hard work, the dedication that I put in every day, uh, all that combined, you know, you can, you can achieve anything. And, uh, I mean, I try to write my own, you know, my own story, try to, you know, enjoy my own journey, but, uh, just being around one of the only four guys that, that have won that award that many times, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's just amazing. It's hard to put into words. John Kuhn, AP. Rudy, what what's the day by day, week by week process like that goes into getting yourself to to this kind of level defensively, to where you can win the Defensive Player of the Year award three times in four seasons? You know, I really think uh, I try to every day, you know, with everything I do, whether it's outside the court, on the court. Uh, you know, obviously in this league, we have so many games, like being able to stay healthy, being able to stay strong, being able to try to bring it every single night for my team. It's a, it's, it's a challenge, you know, and, and you have to, uh, like I said, you know, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, uh, you know, a lot of things that people don't see. Uh, you know, people that watch think it's it's easy, but you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it, and it's not. You know, it, it takes a team effort. It takes, you know, obviously a great coaching staff, organization, and it takes you know, a, a relentless dedication every day. And you know, I'm 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 just grateful to, like I said, you know, to to be able to be surrounded with people that push me every day to to be the best I can be, and uh, and uh, and to keep better every keep getting better every single day. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, is it maybe a little bit more difficult this time to get, I guess, like emotionally excited about this one because you're so focused on the playoffs and you guys are, I mean, closer now to being a championship contending team than you have been in the past? I mean, it's obviously we have a big game tomorrow, so, you know, there, there won't be no 
you know, real celebration, but it's, for me, it's just about enjoying the moment. Uh, you know, I'm thankfully I have, I have my mom in town and, you know, I have some people that are, have been part of this journey with me for a while that, you know, are a big part of who I am that are in town too. So it's, you know, it's, it's a blessing and, you know, it's just about, uh, when 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 you win in the wall like this, for me, it's, it always uh, makes me reflect uh, on you know where I started from and where I come from, and you know uh, all the obstacles that you know I had to overcome to just be in the position to just play playing this league, and you know it's uh, yeah I'm just. You know, I'm focused on the moment and I'm focused on tomorrow's games. But at the same time, it's great for me to, to take the time to, uh, you know, to just enjoy and, and appreciate, you know, uh, all the, the great things that I have in my life and, you know, and, and how long the and how far away, I, you know, I've come uh, since I started. Lawrence Murray, The Athletic. Hey, Rudy, congratulations on this award. Uh, Sunday night when the Clippers ended their series against Dallas, Nicholas Batum, he spoke to us and he said he was looking forward to playing against you and he also was hoping that you won this award. Uh, obviously, on the floor, it's competition, presents a lot of challenges, but, you know, what kind of what kind of encouragement have you gotten from your peers, from the, from the players that, you know, watched you in France uh, and helped you get to this point and the players in the league who know what you're capable of? What, what's that reception been like for you? I mean, it means a lot, and especially coming from a guy like Nick, you know, when, uh, when I was a kid that was trying to, you know, uh, work my way into getting a chance to get drafted in this league. He's one of the guys that I was, that I looked up to, you know, he's one of the guys that paved the way for, for me and for all the other guys. And, you know, and uh, he's always uh, been open to communicate with me, even when I was, you know, I was nobody. I, was, I wasn't even a prospect yet. You know, I was just playing in France and, uh, you know, and I remember that he was, you know, he was already trying to, helped me and giving me all the knowledge that he could and you know I think it's someone that really you know that I looked up to and that really helped me throughout the whole process and even in my rookie year you know when I had a lot of questions and stuff I was going to Nick and he's always been there for me so it's you know it means a lot and uh, even though you know we, we try to beat these guys uh, you know I'm really really happy to to see him uh, have fun on the court and be in a position when he can, you know, show that he's a, he's a very good player and he, he can play at the highest level. Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Hey, Rudy. I hope you got a room big enough in your house to fit that whole setup they got for you. <laughs> um, the, the, the job description of, of being a, you know, dominant rim protector has changed a ton since Ben Wallace and Dikembe were doing it. Really, I think, this series shows even how much has changed during your career. How would you describe that evolution? And then how would you describe how you've been able to adapt your game, you know, to, to be able to chase around three-point shooters and guys who uh, go off the group? And the game, the game of basketball has changed a lot since, obviously, since Dikembe and those guys. But uh, even since, since I got drafted, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, when you have guys, the emergence of, you know, shooting big like Jokic, Embiid, Pozingis, you know, all those guys and uh, the emergence of the small ball lineup when the Warriors won the first championship, 
um, you know, uh, everybody in the league kind of uh, took that blueprint and tried to go small at times. And, uh, you know, the the game has changed. And for me, it's really been about getting better every single year, you know, and, uh, and, and teams have been trying to... Uh, you know, negate my impact uh, one way or another every single year. So I had to, you know, I had to raise my level year after year and, and day after day to, to be able to try to uh, keep dominating uh, on that end. And, you know, and it's, for me, it's, it's been an amazing journey. You know, it's, it's been fun to uh, to see how teams try to pretty much take away my impact and, and how I had to, you know, sometimes go to, to tough stretches, but uh, how I had to adapt and elevate my my game and get, get comfortable guarding any kind of situation and still uh, impact the game the way I know I can impact the game. Brian Mahoney, AP. <laughs> hey, Rudy, congratulations. Um, you know, this was an important war, I think, to the Jazz way back when, when you know, Mark Eaton winning it a couple times. Uh, you know, when you get it back in this locker room now after you lost it last year, even though it's a, you know, individual award, does it feel like it's kind of a team thing It belongs in Salt Lake City? It's always a team award. You know, uh, I think we, I mean, in our days, we love to individualize success of a team sport, which basketball is a team sport. So obviously the headlines and all that, it's always about individuals, but you don't, no one wins on his own. And, it's the same within the world. You know, no one can play defense on his own. And you know, I have, you know, like I said, I'm really grateful to have an amazing group of guys that, uh, an amazing coaching staff and organization that trusts me every night. You know, to and believes in me, and, and they put the faith in me to to hold it down and, and, and do what I have to do. And uh, and I have to put my faith in them. You know, because I can't do it alone. And you know, and uh, and it's been amazing for me. It's been fun to. You know, whether we have a big lineup, a small lineup, uh, being with my four teammates on the floor and and try to do anything I can to, to make them better. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and whether it's communication, uh, sometimes being a little harsh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you can sting the way I do, the way I talk to my teammates and stuff. But all I do is to try to, you know, get the best out of them, and they do the same with me. And I think it's uh, it's been amazing to be able to have that kind of relationship with uh, with my teammates. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, speaking of Mark Eaton, I'm wondering if you if you thought about him at all today, and what maybe he might say to you winning your third DPOA. I mean, it's um, uh, for sure. I thought about it, um, you know, and uh, I thought about it last night because I knew that I would have probably get a text after the game, <laughs> after the game, and I, everything happened. So, you know, uh, I mean, I try to not get emotional, but uh, I've been thinking about it, and uh, you know, and I'm I'm sure that uh, uh, everything happens for a reason. You know, uh, obviously, I wore his jersey to the game, but with the way uh, everything came down and getting the block at the last second and you know you you don't make that up you know it's uh i'm sure he's very proud and uh you know and uh i'm gonna try to keep keep making him proud and keep honoring his uh his legacy you know because uh more than anything he was just an amazing human being and uh you know uh it's not really about what he's accomplished as a basketball player but just uh who he was as a person and you know and Every time he reached out to me, every time we had those conversations, you know, it was always about, 
you know, motivation and and, and, and being, uh, you know, it was always genuine. You know, he never had to text me. Uh, he never had to do anything, but uh, he was doing it because, you know, we were just enjoying uh, talking to one another. And last question will be from Niall Campbell, utahjazz.com. Hey, Rudy, kind of just following up on that, can you share with us any advice or tips that Mark Eden was able to give you this season in particular? Sorry, any advice about what? Any advice or tips that Mark was able to, to give to you this season? I mean, for me, it's been the same, you know, try to keep fighting through adversity. You know, it's been, a, I mean, it's been a lot of adversity, a lot of things I don't talk about. about this year uh, obviously Mark but Doug massage therapist uh, you know it, it's just about keep going keep going through adversity keep fighting you know a lot of people have been disrespecting me for a while but uh, you know I try to I try to keep a positive mindset and at the end of the day you know winning doesn't lie the numbers don't lie and it's all about enjoying what you do you know and there's going to be adversity. And when, you, when you're about to get past that, you know, the, the reward is, is even sweeter. All right, there's Rudy Gobert with the media after he wins the Defensive Player of the Year award for the third time in his career. When we come back, PK, when I, PK and I with Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Joe Ingles checking in, with us, checking in with us late in yesterday's show. He would never come on live on the morning of a playoff game. That's not happening. He doesn't do game day interviews uh, with us here. We always move his day, but we want you to hear it, and it'll get you ready for game two tonight. Here's Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe to the cop, slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How you feeling with a game one win in the bank? Uh, yeah, the win was good. Um, a little tired, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll take the tiredness for a win any day of the week. How hard was it at that last possession to make sure you were mentally tough to be be able to stay down, get inside the defender, I mean the offensive player obviously, but don't go for any fakes or any of that stuff and stay on the floor with your feet so there wasn't an opportunity to have a foul? <laughs> um, 
probably easier than it might look or seem. I think when you when you're in those like last minute, last second, last possession, whatever it is, situations that for some reason it seems easier not to jump than any other time of the game. Any other time you bounce around and try and block shots, which is stupid because you <laughs> rarely block shots, especially me. Um, but no, I think uh, for all of us, obviously, I think Donovan missed the shot and they didn't call a timeout. Um, so try and get back and set your defense as much as you can. And um, Royce and I were on, on PG and Kawhi, so it kind of worked for us to be able to switch. And um, I mean, going into that before the timeout, before we obviously mentioned that if they do run just a Obviously, twos don't hurt us, and, and a three does. So anything but a three. And um, on the flip side, obviously they're trying to do everything they can to get the three up. Um, so we just you try and kind of run them off the line, and like you said, try and be as, as disciplined as you can, just to stay down and, and literally like you're kind of like letting them drive. Um, obviously, they still try to get a three up, but Rudy was obviously able to block it at the end. So I'm curious as all of that is unfolding, uh, one thing Ty Lu said after the game, he said there were multiple reasons he didn't call a timeout, but one thing he went to is he didn't want there to be a chance for the for Quinn to decide to foul or when to foul. And I'm sure you always talk about detailed-oriented Quinn and the coaching staff are. So is there some kind of team rule as far as the clock has to get down to X before you foul? I'm kind of thinking that the ball went to Kawhi and you were there in about the range where maybe you would have fouled. What what did they told you about that? What were you thinking? Or was that completely off the table? No, we, we've talked about it and we do have um, specific times. I, I think in those situations, um, if they if they had called a timeout, we might we, we probably would have looked at fouling. Um, again, we can like walk through and talk as much as we want at practice, but in the heat of the moment, if, mm-hmm. if coach decides to foul or not, that's obviously up to him um, and then the coaches. So in the, the like obviously they didn't call a timeout. It's a lot harder for for coach to be yelling at us to like foul, foul, foul or whatever. Um, obviously the last thing you want is to foul as they're going up for a shot or even putting yourself in a position where they can debate whether that is three shots or not. So um, I think if we were gonna do it, it would have been like Rondo as he's bringing the ball up. Like you've got to look at who the kind of quote unquote worst shooter on the tour, the court at that point with Morris, Kawhi, PG, I think Kennard was on the court and then Rondo, you, you, you probably would go Rondo at the time, but again the heat of the moment, they didn't call the timeout, you've it's, it's, it's very hard obviously like Ty Luso, that's why they didn't call a timeout, you don't want to be able to sub guys in and out, be able to potentially foul, like it's a, if, if you know which I'm sure on, on the flip side they go through certain things on the offensive end if they rebound and are down two or three and, and what they want to do. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, their two best players kind of had the ball until until Kawhi passed them to Morris. So they had probably almost their three best shooters with the ball in that last possession. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a situation that you you talk about. You never know when, when it's going to happen or if you're going to get a chance to execute, but obviously we were able to, to get a stop and, um, and, and take the win. 
So in the first half there, it was sort of incredible from the negative standpoint. You're missing 20 shots in a row, whatever it was. How hard is it to make sure you stay unfazed by it and keep playing? Yeah, um, I mean, it's what we've, it's how we've played all year. Uh, I think there might have been a couple shots in there that were not even forced, but just, just guys trying to be uh, aggressive and, and try and get a bucket because we, we obviously couldn't get one. Um, but we've we've been I don't know if we've missed twenty in a row before. We've been in situations where we haven't been scoring. Um, maybe we score every fifth or sixth possession or something like that. So um, yeah, to to just stick. Uh, I mean, you guys know like to, to stick with the defense to, to keep making them either make or or take tough shots. Um, I mean, I think I looked up in the timeout at one point. We were like four for twenty from three or something like that. So uh, I think. As as a team, we feel like if we get enough up and enough good shots up, we, we're eventually going to make some. Uh, there might be a night that we don't, but um, we, we I mean, those 20 shots that you, you could probably go back. There's, like I said, there might have been one or two that were, um, I wouldn't even say like questionable or bad, but just like one or two more more aggressive kind of shots. But apart from that, I think we got a lot of good looks. So. Um, we'll take them and then obviously to, to hang our hat on the defensive end and um, I guess just not let it like 20 straight possessions could easily be a 15-20-0 run um, for, for them so for us to uh, I think the worst it got the lead was to like 13 or 14 uh, yeah. at some point um, so for us to just kind of be be still in the game um, and miss that type of shots we felt pretty good that if we, we could get those same shots we would be able to make some and and obviously we did in the the second half so you're running uh i think you're running a break late in the game might have been off a turnover at midcourt i'm not sure and you got royce on your right and i'm pretty sure you're gonna go and lay it up and the way the defense is going i'm thinking even if you miss because it's going to be a little contested and even if you miss it i think royce is just going to grab it and dunk it because he's going to be the next guy and instead you throw it to royce and i swear for a second i thought royce was thinking what are you doing it's coming in hot and he caught it and then he scored so it didn't matter ultimately but joe you are so selfless how how come you just didn't take that up i actually wanted to shoot that i i i i think we got a steal i think don't Someone yeah, I double teamed right. him or something, and mm-hmm. something, whatever happened, and um, I, I tried to kind of as we, I, I knew there was, I think there was three like Canard and then two other guys right behind us. I didn't even really know Royce was there until very late, but I tried to get some contact to, to finish just because I knew that there was three guys there. So there's a a chance if it's like Kawhi or one of their big guys, I could get blocked, or, or obviously they could affect the, the shot. So. I tried to get some contact and he moved out the way and I kind of lost my footing a little bit. So um, I probably still could have shot it. Uh, probably a high chance I would have missed it because I did lose my, my foot under me a little bit. Um, and then as I kind of went up, I saw Royce there. So I thought, I won't say the word I'm using, something <laughs> that. I'll uh, I'll give it to him. And I mean, I, I, would, I would trust Royce in that situation to catch and finish any day of the week. So I wasn't worried from that point of view. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those those funny situations, I guess, that you, you don't intend to kind of play it out the way it plays out, but it does. And, and like I said, I was, I was glad it was... I mean, I would have been glad it was anyone, but I was glad it was Royce there. 
So this is the first time in two years that you guys have played before a sold-out home crowd, obviously, in the playoffs. How sweet was it? It was really cool. Um, I said to Renee this morning, just before I dropped uh, Miller at school, then, um, like, it was it was kind of weird to be in that situation. Like, a, there was so many people there. Like, I've we've obviously been playing with kind of as, as whatever capacity has been every kind of week or month going up a little bit and whatever but um, that was like capacity capacity <laughs> that was there everywhere there was people everywhere um, it really just felt like um, pre-COVID what our playoff series were like so um, yeah it was unreal to have people there be able to have some friends and, and stuff in the crowd and um, at the end of the day obviously yeah, just to be able to play in front of whatever the capacity is with a, a few less seats at the moment, um, 17,000, 18,000 people was, was, was really fun. So how much do they pick you up when uh, when Donovan goes on a run and fires them up? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think we, we got that lead a little bit. Um, we, we made some shots, whatever, and then for it to like an an empty arena or a half-filled arena, it just doesn't feel the same. And um, you hear the crowd into it. It's almost like you don't want to, every shot you shoot, you don't want to disappoint the crowd. So you're trying to, you're trying to make every shot possible. Obviously, um, the second half, we, we made a lot more shots than we did in the first half. But it kind of, at that start of the third, Donovan made a couple threes and, and I think it was right out of the gate of, of the third. It kind of got the crowd into it a little bit more and, um, once they were up, they were up for for majority of the game, and um, not that I would say it was like game over at that point, but we were pretty confident we got the lead back, and I think it was a tight game, give or take a couple points, and the crowd are into it, and, and we were kind of starting to flow, um, and, and I guess if we were playing the way we wanted to play, but we were making more shots in that third, so it was uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Also, too, this is your first time in the second round in a few years. I think you've been to the second round twice. The first time you got swept by the Warriors. The second time, I think it was a 4-1 to the Rockets. Yeah. How much different is the feel in terms of team confidence now in the second round as opposed to those times when you were in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would never say that we thought we were going to lose those other games, but we were playing against... Um, some pretty high level teams. I think one year Ricky ended up getting injured in the first or second game. It was, yeah, um, yeah it was just a, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, I think we, we all felt we could win a series, but we had to play at an extremely high level for, for four games to, to win four games where, I mean, it showed last night a little bit. I wouldn't say that we, we played bad, but to miss 20 field goals in a row is, um, it's tough to overcome. So for us to overcome that and still be able to come out with a win, I don't know if we would have been able to do that in previous years. Um, don't quote me on it because maybe we could have. But um, yeah, just a confident feeling. What, what, what we felt all year, to be honest, so we, we felt confident going into every game. And obviously this is the same same kind of situation. 
So playoffs are different, not just because of the size of the crowd, the, the people who are there, the people who are sitting courtside. TNT caught cameras caught Donovan and uh, Dwayne Wade having a long conversation. And there's still photos of uh, your owner, Ryan Smith, walking and talking with NBA superfan James Goldstein. He's been going to playoff games since before you were even born. I'm, I'm wondering what slice of celebrity are you getting in all of this? The, the crowd's juiced up here with celebs, Joe. What's your angle? What are you thinking? I got uh, this superstar netballer in the crowd. She's a babe. <laughs> Is that Renai? <laughs> Are you speaking of um, Renai? <laughs> Joe's got an off day tonight. Today we know what's on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed at uh, fifty-three and whatever? Well, I just days. meant a nice dinner. Maybe go out to a movie. Come on, Joe. <laughs> I can give you a hot tip. I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to be around anyone as much as I uh, feel safe. I'm still not going. Around anyone, but um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have people want to come to jazz games. I, I don't know what it was like back in the kind of Stockton Malone days if people were kind of coming, but we've people want to be there, people want to see us play. I think it's an exciting brand that we play, so it's it's fun to have those guys there. And obviously, uh, I couldn't care less who's there or not, but Renee was more excited about uh. Gabriella Union being there for, with Dwayne Wade than anyone else. <laughs> Celebrity, um, huh? She <laughs> said, I can't believe she was there last night. I was like, yeah. I, I can just like, see I her walking up. Yeah, great, Dwayne. Move aside. I got to talk to Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, so, yeah. We see Dwayne Wade there on the front row and talking and all that. Is there any other interaction that you guys are having with him, whether it's in the locker room, underneath the stands, wherever it might be? Yeah, I mean he's in the back all the all the time. Um, he's in the locker room, pre-game, post-game. Um, he's been very accessible with with reaching out to guys. Um, yeah. I'm just going to order my coffee. Hang on a sec, Mr. Radio Show. <laughs> there it is. You <laughs> mentioned the Java PK. Here it is. You knew. Um, you knew it was a given. Um, yeah, he's been he's been. I wouldn't say like surprisingly good because I didn't know him previously. This, but. The accessibility and and questions and um, reaching out to him to to ask things the the confidence that he gives us he's been in some meetings before with us with with our group and stuff like that so um, just have a guy of of that obviously stature and what he's done in his career um, individually and and with his teams um, it is obviously just a bonus for us to to have a guy like that to be able to reach out to and, and speak to and. And have around the team um, fairly regularly because he's <laughs> almost like he's uh, he's moved here nearly since uh, since taking over part of the team. He's been around a lot, and, and obviously, I think he's based in LA now, so obviously yeah. a, a lot closer than than Miami or anything like that. So um, yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and I, I think as we as we keep going on here, he's, he's going to keep helping guys, and um, yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to have him part of the the, the team. All right, Joe. Well, we know as much as you want to keep talking to us. You really want to drink that coffee, so. I just got it handed to me, too. They know my order now, so I'm, I'm a local. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe, and we will cool. uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingalls. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.